Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. And today we are bringing you our state preview edition. We have come to the tail end of the cross-country season. And while the collegiate season has a little bit more than a month to go, maybe just add a month to go, we are just a week away from our state cross-country meet. We have watched the ups and downs, the tw- twists and turns, the winds in the road. But uh, to be honest, to really just get down to it, we've been big fans of cross-country this season. We've gotten to see some great head-to-head matchups, and we're just super excited that we're here at the state meet. So, Cam, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, a week out from the yeah, state you, meet. you left one out, Ryan. The borders were battled as well. You know, we can't <laughs> that, so. The borders um, were battled. They sure were. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a couple thoughts going into state week for me. Um, one, I guess I'm still bummed that Class B is on a Friday, that they split the days for Class A and the Class B meet. Uh, it's, it's a little disappointing to me. Sorry to our all our Class B friends and listeners out there. Um, neither of us will be at the Class B meet uh, to take it in in person. Um, so that that's kind of the <clears throat> the one big thought that I have. But, I mean, we've been talking about it. You know, since like August, uh, the the races on the team end and on the individual side, uh, they're tightening up. Uh, you know, you would think we would know more than we did at the beginning of the season, but really, uh, we we have no idea what what the state race is going to hold. So, very excited for this week. Yeah, it's going to be a really really good weekend of cross country. We had some really tight results, like you said, at both the WDA and the EDC championships, as well as Class B and uh, West and East region meets. So we're going to break those down for you. We're not really going to give you predictions this time around. We kind of discussed it, and we'll maybe give you some athletes to watch. But since we don't have fellow North Dakota track enthusiast Nate Peterson with us, we are probably just going to stay away from picking one person. But I think this is going to be a great episode, nonetheless, to get a chance to know who you want to keep your eyes on, who's going to be in for the individual title, the team title race, and what that's shaping up to be. But Cam, you did briefly, before we go into any high school stuff, you did briefly want to touch on a really significant meet that happened yesterday, the Bradley Pink Classic, where NDSU and UND went head-to-head. It's their last meet before the Summit League Championships. And I want to turn it over to you and just kind of share what we learned from yesterday's meet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this meet in Peoria at Bradley University, you know, it has a notoriously fast course. Uh, So, you know, a lot of times you'll hear people talk, oh, times don't matter in cross country, you know, and and maybe this is one of the reasons why, because you get grass track type courses like this. Nonetheless, it's exciting to see uh, the types of times that uh, our North Dakota athletes can put up. Uh, And and the big things that really stuck out to me, at least, uh, a couple of the big things that really stuck out to me, uh, both NDSU and UND uh, are running extremely quick. You know, um, I saw Nate Peterson tweeted that uh, UND had their fastest, uh, their top five posted the fastest average time for 8K um, in, uh, I can't remember if he said school history or in recent history, um, but wow. even though they still finished uh, quite a bit, behind NDSU uh, in the team standings. 
uh, UND is running very well. So they finished 12th on the, on the men's side. We're talking here. They finished 12th on the men's side, uh, NDSU, an impressive seventh place finish as a team, uh, beating some regionally ranked teams. So, uh, honestly, I was thinking about it <clears throat> from NDSU standpoint, probably one of the more, in, at least recently, probably one of the most impressive, uh, like regional performances, uh, they've had in a long time. So really good to see that the team is finally coming around. The depth is there. Uh, NDSU, uh, led by none other than Jake Garrison and Hunter McHenry high school teammates from Grand Forks, Red River high school. Uh, so, I mean, Grand Fork, we, Grand Forks guys right here, uh, that, that makes you real proud. So, um, yeah, I mean, Jake Garrison breaking the 24 minute barrier, 2359. Uh, I was losing my mind, Ryan, when I saw that. So you what I was watching the the live splits and it was kind of a similar thing that we've seen throughout the season, you know, NDSU just getting out really hard and you know, in the back of my head I was like, "Oh man, here we go. Like <laughs> going to get caught again. How many places are they going to lose?" But they really hung on strong and, and are looking primed for a good finish to the season. Uh touching on UND uh, they were led by Luke Labette. No surprise there. Uh, I saw on Tom Scott, Coach Tom Scott's Instagram page that uh, Luke and another one of his teammates uh, got tripped up and fell within the first 400 meters, uh, but did not let that deter him from an incredible uh, race. 24-28, you know, impressive, impressive running. Uh, second and third for UND, Nelson Ruto, Patrick Kipkemboy, um, guys that, we haven't really seen, um, you know, run the way that we've seen them run on the track in the past, but uh, coming into form nicely right at the end of the season here. So uh, that's that's kind of what I got on the men's side. On the women's side, let me just pull up those results here. No, I'll preface that by saying that I saw on Tom Scott's Instagram that they were missing some of their girls, some of their top runners. I think they said three were out due to illness and, a uh, great chance for some of those other girls to step up and run good races. But uh, nonetheless, Cam, tell us about how the women's did. Women's teams did uh, for yeah. UND and NDSU. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, one of the keys to being a good cross-country team is the depth. And sometimes, you know, you just can't control illness. You can't really, you know, to a certain extent, you can control injuries, but not always. So, um, uh, you know, as like a commentator, you know, we won't – we, we can't, we can't fault UND for, for picking up an injury or an illness or something like that. Um, but uh, you just have to, you still got to get out and race and do the best with the personnel that you have. But um, really kind of the, the key takeaway, South Dakota state women brought their A team to this meet as well. So we're looking at them versus NDSU, you know, being a really tight battle for the summit league championship. NDSU came away um, beating SDSU <clears throat> at the Bradley Pink Classic. Uh, so, you know, SDSU got him at GRIAC. NDSU got SDSU at uh, Bradley. Um, so just kind of another situation, you know, one and one each, you know, who knows, who knows where it'll go. NDSU led by Kalisa Houston, finishing right behind South Dakota State's Leah Hansen in 2034. Um, yeah, NDSU is, like I was saying, looking strong. They're – they're pretty deep right now. Uh, they're 
three, four, five from NDSU, Kelby Renus, Alexis Rail, Reagan Basler, all North Dakota preps, um, all finishing within 10 seconds of each other to finish out the top five. So you'd love to see that in a cross country team. Um, small gaps. As for UND, led by Jaden Keeler, uh, she continues to impress, mix it up with the best atop the Summit League. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of the the brief the brief rundown of the Summit League, uh, you know, North Dakota schools in the Summit League uh, as they gear up uh, for their conference meet just a couple weeks away in Grand Forks. Yeah, and you guys are probably wondering, why are we touching on UND and NDSU? Well, we are going to be at the Summit League Championships meet. I think it's a really great opportunity for North Dakota to host a high-quality meet. There's going to be some fast kids there. There's going to be some great teams there and some great competition. So if you're able to make it out, uh, you'll have to swing by and watch that meet because it's going to be great. And then since we're doing the live stream, if you're not able to make it out, you can watch some high-quality track and field, uh, not track and field, cross-country. Um, hopefully we'll be able to bring you some high quality track and field in the spring, but yeah, it'll be a good race as for some of our other colleges and universities in North Dakota, we're going to be, as we get closer to conference, we'll cover some more of those, but we just wanted to touch on this one since we'll be at summit league championships and, uh, some pretty nuts times across the board, like that sub 24 from Jake Harrison. That's yeah, crazy. I, I, I can't even, yeah. Five miles in under 24 minutes and you know, the rest of the, those NDSU guys, I mean, uh, all of the top UND and NDSU guys, you know, running under 2430, just, man, I, I, I couldn't even like comprehend how crazy that was, you know, and this, this season, it's just kind of kept ramping up and up the excitement for me as I've followed, you know, both teams. Uh, I follow both UND, NDSU and NDSU pretty closely. Um, it just, you know, continues to surprise and excite me. And um, yeah, it's, it seems like it's a, different arrangement of top five athletes on the men's and on the women's side uh, for, for both those uh, schools. So. Yeah. And how about Kalisa Houston? A lot of potential. How about Kalisa Houston being right behind Leah Hansen, the defending summit league individual champ? Yeah, that's, that's huge. And I mean, I think, I think those girls, uh, they're just, they're really locked in on that team title right now. That's, that's kind of their main, their main focus. And, you know, so for Kalisa, I don't even know if she's really uh, thinking about the the individual title. She just sees she just sees a blue or white or whatever color the Jackrabbits are wearing that day jersey, and she said, "I got to beat that girl uh, for the team title." You know, and that that's the mentality you want and you need. And sometimes uh, you can get a individual championship out of it as well. So, yeah, it's gonna be good to watch. Anything else you want to touch on on the collegiate side? Nope. Collegiate wise, I I think that about yeah, that about covers it. So um yeah, let let's get on into uh let's start with class B Ryan. Ryan, you had texted me uh earlier, you know, uh maybe this is a week and a half ago now, uh a, a kind of a big question about the way the class B region meets are set up. What 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 was the deal with that? Yeah, before I dive into that, I do want to give our disclaimer that we always give. If you are a high school athlete and you don't want any sort of added pressure or you don't want the stress that comes with listening to this interview, now's your chance. Chicken out, uh, pause <laughs> it, go back and listen to it. You can hear about the greatness of uh, UND and NDSU. But yeah, if you don't want to listen to these previews and predictions that stresses you out or whatever, now's your chance. Hit pause. We'll come back and see you later after the state meet. But 
my question that I raised to you. Hold on, talked- wait. Yeah, oh, Ryan, you just said if if those people uh, anyway, whatever. Okay, you can cut that. Never mind. I won't make fun of you. <laughs> no, go go for it. Make fun of me. Roast me. <laughs> yeah, you just you you just said like uh, uh, if you're too much of a chicken to listen to this before the state meet, you can pause it right now. <laughs> no, ch- chicken out. Not so much like I'm not trying to roast anyone. I'm just saying like. <laughs> Have you ever been to Disney World, Cam? Uh, yeah, when I was really little. So but they've I'm... got like the the door that you walk out of. If you get to the front of the line and you have last minute regrets and you go, I, I can't go on this ride, you take the chicken exit. That's what they've called. That's what I've heard it called. That really? Oh, yeah. wow. okay. So all right. All right. You can take the off ramp right now, but okay. All right. But... Apologies, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Apologies. That was my <laughs> misunderstanding. If any of you nerds don't want to listen to this. Um, <laughs> yeah. now let's let's dive into it the thing that i texted you the other day was is it unfair that west region class b gets an extra week to rest before the state meet because we saw the west region class b meet it was run in washburn on the 8th of october now the east region meet was just run yesterday on the 15th of october on paper and a few conversations that i've had with people that i've raised this up to it just seems really unfair that one side of the state would get a whole week to recover and another wouldn't. And I'm sure it affects training a little bit as far as tapering. But for someone that isn't a cross country runner, I just want to hear your take on it. And maybe we'll have to do a poll on Instagram, but just what are your thoughts on that setup? I mean, I I don't like it. I, I would like it to be uniform. I know I always really appreciated that two week break in between EDC and state. I always felt like my body just recovered a lot better. I was able to get, I don't know, just be like more relaxed and more focused. You know, if I had uh, a longer period of time, you know, going into a race, that's a pretty mentally taxing, you know, event, you know, just racing in general, you know, so to give yourself a, a weekend of a mental break um, was maybe even the biggest, you know, benefit of having the extra time in between um I, I don't think it's not so close it's not like the the east region meet was on a tuesday and then they were expecting them to come back that friday and run at the state meet but uh you know you you just like to see it like to see it even you like to see it the same and you know i don't i don't i don't know why there from what I can see, there's no reason why the East region has to be, you know, a week leader than the West region. So uh, if anybody knows if there's like a reason why they do that, uh, yeah, just, just let us know. I'm, I'm just kind of curious. It was just really shocking to me when you pointed that out. And I was like, yeah, that, that's, I guess there's nothing wrong with it, but it, it's just like, uh, that's weird. It's just weird. It just seems to me that it's like an unfair advantage that you have an extra week to recover. and who knows, maybe if you're an athlete from the eastern side of the state, you like that quick turnaround. It doesn't give you much time to think about it. You're just racing one day and pretty much turning around and racing the next. But yeah, to me, it just seems, why wouldn't you keep it the same? Right. So that's that's my thought on it. Yeah, and I'm sure the, the east region coaches are, you know, are I mean, you're able to look at it in a way like, hey, we only raced seven days ago. We're, we're sharp. We're familiar with the, Mm -hmm. with the pain of, of how a race feels. And, you know, I, I know a lot of, of teams, uh, maybe not a lot, but I know of a couple of teams that uh, that weekend in between state and 
or in between EDC and state, they do some sort of really hard, uh, a little bit shorter race type effort. Um, so who knows, you know, may, maybe it's, uh, it's staying sharp that, that actually plays into the advantage, but, uh, all that to say, you know, it, those meets are behind them. Everybody's focused on the state meet at this point, And they got to, at this point, uh, they all have a week to prepare. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can't make any difference. I did just go back and tally last year's top 10 at the state meet. And out of the top 10, six of them were from the West and four of them were from the East. So it's not necessary that like there's a huge discrepancy between them. That's pretty equal for the most part. Right. But I would like to know some of the athletes and coaches perspective on that. Because if it was, if they did view it as unfair, I'm sure they would have changed it by now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. But yeah. So let's dive into class B boys. You want to start there? Yep. Yeah. Great. So what is one of your biggest storylines that you're paying attention to heading into this meet for class B boys? Forgive us. We've been talking, you know, if you're tired of hearing about it, we've been talking about it all year. Uh, The biggest storyline for the class B boys meet is the Bowman County. Uh, team they've been dominant all season as a team uh currently from the latest poll one two three four five athletes ranked in the top 10 um i think kind of the the storyline that we could you know focus on is how how few how few points can bowman score um that, that that's really really kind of the thing that's going to take the cake. And then on the individual side, we've seen Christian Briss and Austin Warner go back and forth for that one and two position uh, in the polls. I don't know if they've raced each other yet this season though. So um, uh, a, possibly a first head to head for the one and two all season this year. Um, and that, that's really the only way to tell who is the best. That's why you're on the race. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think there's any, question as to who's bringing home the boys title unless there's catastrophe that strikes i would imagine we see bowman uh going for the three-peat and making it happen but something interesting to look at is the lowest score in class b history for a team was 17 points by newtown in 2015 now can they get that low we will see because there's guys like christian brist and some of our kindred boys and uh, a few others that are looking to mix things up but we we'll see there might be you know it might be a top five lowest score ever as a team and I think and I think you're right too in the fact that individually uh, it will be interesting can Christian Brist overcome uh, Austin Warner or vice versa I mean two really great athletes who like you said we don't think they've had the chance to go against each other yet this season and it will just be overall a good good race yeah, I, I don't think that that 17 points is going to get uh, beat this year. Um, like we said, Christian Brist hasn't, you know, fallen out of the top two uh, rankings all season. We got our kindred boys, Cole Campbell and Keaton Olson, sitting at five, six in the rankings. Our friend of the pod, Austin Dibble from rugby at eighth, and Colt Spotted Bear rounding out the top 10 on the rankings from Newtown. Uh, all people who we've seen <clears throat> perform extremely well at, uh, you know, big meets throughout their careers and this season. Um, so. I mean, I don't think the 17 is going to gonna get beat this year, but, you know, you never know. Maybe 
maybe Bowman's been playing us. Maybe they've just been holding back all season and they're they're finally about to just really show us what's up. But uh, regardless, uh, you know, I think I've said this earlier, you know, dominance is fun to watch and uh, close close competition is fun to watch, you know, winning just by a, by a lean, by a fraction of a second is just as exciting as, as people just getting, uh, you know, just, just crushing the competition. So, um, great. Yeah. So are we getting, are we getting the best of both worlds then here in this class B race from uh, tight man, individual right. race, dominant team win? Yeah, I, I sure hope so. Uh, that's what I, what I hope to see. So. And just to go back, we do want to give just a little breakdown of how the uh, region meets went for the East and West region. So on the Eastern side, Kindred did get the team title, beating Hillsborough Central Valley, score 52 to 59. And we'll just run through the top five real quick. We had Christian Brist, 16-21 uh, to take the win. Keaton Olson from Kindred it ran 16-34. Mason Christensen from Langdon area at Moore Munich ran 17-01. Cole Campbell from Kindred ran 17-14, and Austin Dibble from Rugby ran 17-16. And kind of interesting, Brist and Keaton Olson, both juniors. The rest of those names, those guys are seniors. So we're going to see some of these guys coming back next season. Yeah, Ryan, was uh, I suppose the poll that I was reading off of wasn't uh, updated from when the East Region meet was, right? I don't believe so. No. Um, okay. So, so who, who knows? I mean, regardless of if it would change going into the state meet or not, you know, there's, there's some other names that, that are in there. Uh, Mason Christensen, you know, that could, uh, could mix it up uh, with the West, the West side too. So. Definitely. Yeah. And then we'll just flip over to the boys side. Bowman County showed their dominance, beating Newtown 21 to 69. Uh, top three, all from Bowman. Austin Warner takes the win in 1637. So, I mean, just a few seconds behind what Christian Bristran uh, on the east side of the state. But like we said, courses are uh, hard to compare times when you're not in the same race. Different weekends, different conditions. But, uh, yeah, we got some good times there from our winners. Second place was Caleb Sarsland from Bowman County, 1652. Taylor Warner just behind him by three tenths of a second also runs 1652. Uh, Bowman County sophomore Caden Fuller from Shiloh Christian took fourth in 1707, and Colt Spotted Bear ran 1708 for fifth uh, for the Newtown Eagles. So all those times are pretty comparable when you look across the board. Top five from the east, top five from the west. So we should have a pretty good pack pushing the pace and leading up front. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how the race pans out. You know, from our perspective, it seems like the Bowman team, you know, kind of has the the team title in the bag. So that should give uh, you know, guys like Austin and and Caleb and Taylor, you know, <clears throat> the freedom to kind of run from the run from the front, maybe, you know, try and post a PR on the season or uh, you know, it just it gives them gives them more tools, different ways that they could attack the race as opposed to if they were maybe, you know, if it was a tighter team race, maybe they would want to be more conservative, make sure they had that, that, uh, that strong finish that they need to kind of control where they were. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Should we go over to class B girls? Yes, sir. So if we look at the Western side of the state to start, we had none other than Bryn Hansen take home the individual title. Uh, she runs nineteen twenty six. Now, just behind her is another freshman, Addie Miller from Kildeer, North Dakota. She runs 1937. 
Is there any reason to think Bryn Hansen's not going to take home the title? I'm going to start off with just a really bold question like that. Yeah, wow. Is there any reason to think that Bryn Hansen won't win the individual title? Is that that's your question? That's my question. Um, I mean, it it's cross country. Yeah, there there's always a reason to think that she might not win the title. You know, uh, this it gets, it's getting a little colder out. You know, we we had mentioned with UND they had some illness and stuff, so you never know when stuff like that is going to pop up. You know, uh, won by eleven seconds at the West Region, um, so. Uh, a good margin, but I guess I wouldn't say significant. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, you just never know. Uh, she's, she's proven throughout the season that she can, she can do it leading hard from the front, you know, waiting uh, to make her move till later in the, in the, in the race. So um, she has the, the experience and the confidence of winning multiple races throughout the season. Um so I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against her, but uh, mm-hmm. sure, there, there's reason to to think that she might not uh, come away with the with the win. Yeah, I think if you would have asked me a few weeks ago, I would have said she's got this in the bag, and I still think she's got a really, really great chance of winning. Mm-hmm. But uh, just from the fact that she seems to kind of have that killer instinct a little bit head to head, she's really hard to race against, um, and she's got that drive that we've seen, like at the border battle coming out with that victory and. Uh, state meet last year and on the track she did really well but yeah you just look at some of the results from this weekend though Addie Miller not too far behind her 11 seconds we go over to the eastern side of the state uh, Jenna Soini 1929 just a couple seconds behind her uh, Amelia Shepard runs 1936 for rugby so a race where we thought maybe a few weeks ago if you would have asked me at least I don't know about you Cam I don't want to speak for you but a race that uh, maybe I didn't think was going to be as close is looking like it's going to be a good pack of four or five that are, I'm sure going to give it their very best on that day and uh, make for an interesting race. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, it's really going to come down to the day. Um, and you know, who, who runs the best? I know, uh, with this Jamestown course with the, with the really steep Hills kind of in the middle to the second half, uh, second half of the, of the race. Uh, there's some people that, uh, it's not that they run poorly over that terrain, but, uh, some people are just able to get the absolute most out of themselves on that course. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just wait and see. And, and since it's a, a course that's been the state meet course for so many years in a row now, you know, maybe there's there's an advantage to someone like Jenna uh, who has run it multiple times, you know, more times than, than a Bryn Hansen uh, has. So uh, maybe just the familiarity of the of the terrain and the course can can be the edge that, uh, you know, some athlete needs to to come away with the state title. But we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to say probably the biggest storyline that I'm watching going into this race is probably that pack of four. And then if we're looking at the team title, rugby girls have won the last three state titles. And my next question is, do you think rugby takes on the cake and makes it a four P? Yeah, yeah, you, you just, you know, if you've been following uh, with any sort of closeness throughout the season, <clears throat> Rugby, uh, like the Bowman boys, have just really, you know, not missed a step. Um, so I would look to see them repeat yet again. Um, 
it they they just run too well and and the depth is is there uh so it's it helps when you when you have both you know amelia shepherd second in the in the uh east region so they have the low stick they have the the athlete who's going to finish you know in the top five to seven uh followed closely uh by a number of teammates who are able to run with each other uh which is so important in cross country when you're at the end of the season maybe physically and mentally a little fatigued if you're right there uh next to somebody who you've ran with your whole season it's like I can tough it out one more time. I'm, I'm looking at Hannah Senecal and Brooklyn Barch, you know, finishing four or five at that East region, just seconds apart. Um, that's, that's the type of strength. That's the um, team depth that, that you need and is going to, going to allow them to do it again. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know you said we weren't doing predictions, but uh, I'll, I'll predict that, that rugby will come away with the title. We've been saying it since uh, the beginning of the season. So, Yeah, yep. They ended up winning by quite a large margin at that meet, 43 to 109 over Kindred. I think the other thing, too, that I looked at the results and something that I'm going to be watching is Jenna Soini. And, you know, it seems like we never knew how to say her name. And then we learned how to say her name. And there's good reason because she's been – all over the results this year uh, in a really positive way. But I think she's trending at such a great time Uh, for her to win that East region meet. I think that's a huge confidence boost and for her to take that into the state meet and having that senior attitude of, all right, this is the last go I'm going to send it and whatever happens happens. I'm excited to see that too. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Class B, uh, Man, I'm going to be following the results on Friday, probably while I'm supposed to be working. Um, but uh, best of luck to, to all those Class B athletes. And, uh, man, looking forward to uh, seeing how that all pans out. Yeah, good good, good races on, on both the boys' and the girls' side, team and individual. So Definitely. And we'll just run through those individual results, top five from both regions. West region side, Bryn Hansen runs 19.26 for the win. Addie Miller of Kildeer runs 19.37 for second. Hannah Weston, the senior from Shiloh Christian, runs 20.11 for third place. Mache Miller from Kenmare Burke Central Bowbells takes fourth. And then Anna Peterson from Kenmare Burke Central Bowbells takes fifth in 20 minutes, 50 seconds. And I said it at the beginning of the season, I want more small school teams in the results. And so I'm cheering for Kenmare Central, yeah. uh, excuse me, Kenmare Burke Central Bowbells. Uh, I'm very excited for them. So very good. And then we just go over to the East region side real yeah. quick. Jenna Soini gets the win uh, for Hatton Northwood Larimore in 1929. Amelia Shepard runs 1936 to take second for rugby. Kennedy Pazernick from Carrington runs 1952 for third. Hannah Senecal runs 20 minutes, one second for rugby for fourth. And then Brooklyn Barch runs 20 minutes, nine seconds for fifth place for the rugby Panthers. So, yeah, we're going to have some really great races on the Class B side. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Ryan, shall we go to Class A boys? Let's go to Class A boys, and we'll finish with the Class A girls. Um, A couple weeks ago, you said on the pod, you said, we're going to get down to the final. I think we might have even been as low as 100 meters, 150 meters, and there's going to be a huge pack. After the WDA and EDC results, are you still going with that? Are we going to have a tight pack? 
as the race is getting down to its final meters. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the season has, has confirmed further what I said earlier in the season that, uh, you know, I won't say down to a hundred meters, but uh, we'll say, and I wish I knew the Jamestown course a little better uh, before, until we get into the Hills, which I think is maybe, uh, I, I won't say, cause I'll, cause I'll get it wrong, but we'll say, we'll say with a mile to go there, I think I said, there's going to be something like seven guys still there. And I stand by that. Uh, if we take a look at the WDA <clears throat> results, um, I'll just kind of run down, uh, the top five, Ryan. Uh, mm-hmm. So Finn Krenz with the win. Ivan Askham second. Ethan Moe third. Willison with one, two, three. Uh, followed by a Bismarck one, two, three of Owen Hintz, Parker Hintz, and Brady Corsmo. I mean, the, the three Williston guys separated by 15 seconds. And uh, Owen Hintz at least, you know, less than... 20 seconds behind see yeah yeah less than 20 seconds uh behind third place so i mean and and i mean brady corsmo you know not really sure uh it's a little uncharacteristic from what we've seen from him uh earlier this season uh he's run in the in the mid 15s earlier this season so not sure if that was a a team tactic uh trying to bring his Bismarck teammates along to try and, you know, break the Williston guys. Maybe they went out a little slow and, you know, took it more tactical. Who, who really knows? Maybe, maybe Brady, uh, excuse me, maybe Brady's coming off a, a bit of an injury and uh, you know, honestly, we, we don't really know the answers there, but um, basically what I'm trying to say, you know, the three Williston guys, uh, the three Bismarck guys, um, that's six guys right there that probably, you know, in some part of their brain, in some part of their training, they've envisioned themselves winning the individual state champ. Uh, and we haven't even touched on the East. So uh, any, any thoughts on the, on the West uh, going into the boys, a state meet, Ryan? Yeah, I think Williston, it was probably, they got the win, but I'm going to guess it was too close for comfort for those guys. This is a race that really came down to fourths and fifths. And, you know, to only win by seven points for a team that's been as dominant as they have all season. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to, like, I'm not sounding the alarm by any means. I still think Williston's the team to beat. But I don't know if they're as untouchable as we thought they were. Now, we've always said that the individual title's up for grabs. The team title, I've kind of said the whole time, this is Williston's to defend, and I think they're going to bring it home. But after a close call like this, uh, dude, there's some depth. Like Bismarck has way more depth than I realized. They went four, five, six, right? And yeah. then they went 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Like that's unheard of. Pretty, um, pretty this incredible, is, yeah. Like this is Bismarck of the early 2010s, right? Yeah. And the early and like the 2000s when they won how many titles in a row? Yeah. So – I have just been really impressed. Yeah, Bismarck, if you aren't familiar with how dominant Bismarck once was, they won state titles from 2005 to 2015. So this might be their chance to get back on the podium um, for sure and challenge for that top team spot. But I would still have to say Williston's the the close one uh, that's going to come out on top. So I guess there's a prediction too, but um, it, it was a good race, good race. 
Yeah, I think I think Williston, you know, maybe it sounds the alarm in some people's head that it was so close, but I think Williston will be uh, helped out by some of the individuals on the East who uh, don't really, uh, their finish <clears throat> doesn't really have team implications uh, for their own team that they're racing for. Um, and I think they'll, we'll see a couple more, um, you know, individuals from other teams kind of break up that, the Bismarck uh, pack that we saw at the West region. That that's just my prediction. I know it, it'll, it'll affect the Williston four and five runner as well. Um, but uh, anyway, I do want to touch on, and I think you stumbled over this cause it was like Gavin Graham was right below Brady Corsmo, but did you call him gravy Corsmo? <laughs> uh, I might've accidentally called Brady Corsmo gravy Corsmo. So, dude, that's uh, that's like an NIL deal waiting to happen. Gravy yeah. Corsmo. Um, yes. No, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, is there anything you want to cover on the West side before we kind of touch on some of these guys from the East? No, I mean, uh, the West, uh, I guess the only thing, we always give the disclaimer that times don't really matter, but West times were uh, a little bit slower than we saw in the East. Uh, like I alluded to, maybe that was because of tactics you know uh on the team end of things but uh like you said earlier nothing from this to sound an alarm of oh my gosh you know like finn krenz only ran 1605 he's he's finished you know like you know if you're thinking that you don't know cross country man so Mm -hmm. um yeah it's championship racing you know all that really really matters is what place you get Uh, and so finn krenz is you know is looking strong you know two big wins border battle and uh the west region so yeah let, let's let's move on over to the east ryan yeah and i'm sure we'll kind of go back and forth a little bit too dude aiden johnson 15 24 when i saw this time i think i had a similar reaction to how you would have reacted when you saw jake harrison broke 24 minutes for 8k yeah, yeah. i was just so uh and maybe the shock's not the right word because aiden johnson's a very talented runner and we know that we've had it in him but to come away with that dominance of a victory. And I think what, if you asked him, what would probably be, I don't know if I'd say disappointing season, but I think he probably had expectations to run away from the field a little bit more than he has. So to see that result from him, is super encouraging before the state meet, but 1524 to beat Quinn rail in 1537. Dude, you were, I'm assuming you were at this race. Unfortunately, I was not. I was not there. What what sort of what sort of podcaster and what sort of brother am I that I wasn't at the EDC meet? But uh, uh, you know, I'll be there. I'll be there for the state meet. And uh, but yeah, very impressive from Aiden Johnson. I mean, let's not forget he's the defending state champion, right? Um, so, you know, he he's been a bit lower in like the rankings, and you know, hasn't really put out that time that we uh, expected from him you know throughout the season uh he he just hasn't run the times that we've expected that's what i'm trying to say and uh but you know he's running well at the right time in the season um so you know cannot cannot count him out um how big of a pr was that for quinn um it was it was only like a couple seconds i think okay Um, but that's like his third time this season running under 1540 um, so, I mean, in terms of consistency, I mean, I know those Williston guys have been, been very consistent, but uh, Quinn, is, Quinn has been consistently running <clears throat> those times. And, you know, they always say that consistency kind of 
is an indicator that that a big breakout is about to happen you know um at least that's what i've always told myself so yeah same <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah so i mean yeah great i think i think great race both those guys uh are very happy with with how they ran aiden obviously for reasons you know proving to himself that that he still does have what it takes uh quinn you know happy with um you know, his highest EDC finish ever, another PR breaking the school record. Uh, he's running, still running well coming into the end of the season. Um, and those two guys are definitely guys that I think we're going to, we're going to see mixing it up. You know, there's the, the six and the seven that are going to be there with a mile to go, I think, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe even, uh, well, let's take this as a chance to run down the top five, you know, yep. silently. We're going to call him the silent killer this year. Owen Sondag. Uh, we have not, we did not hear much from him at the beginning of the season, uh, but slowly he's either raced or worked himself back to fitness. Ran sixteen oh three for third place, uh, and maybe, you know, more surprisingly, leading Fargo North to the EDC team title. Yeah, where did this come from, Ryan? Too. We, uh, I was shocked to see that, just because Red River has been consistently the best team in the EDC, and I don't know if we can necessarily say by a ton this whole season, but they've been really the only team from the East ranked in the top five uh, in the cl- coaches poll for class A. I was pretty surprised to see that North won the title, but they have good kids. And I think, you know, they ran well at the right time. They showed up when it mattered. Red River didn't necessarily have a bad day. Um, you know, I think Jonah Defo probably would have hoped to have run a little bit faster than 1654, but when it's all said and done, North catapulted themselves into the state rankings going from unranked. And I don't know if they had been ranked the entire season to now they're, they're ranked number three uh, heading into the state meet as a team. So very impressed by how North ran and uh, they're just kind of as a team, I would also say they're kind of silent killers. They did it a couple of years ago with Caleb Yoakum. Uh, They took down a pretty dominant Red River team that season too. And uh, North is always, just sitting there waiting to pounce and they did it, put it together at the right time. Yeah. One thing, you know, we, we mentioned this on the Bismarck team, but Red River did a similar, you know, sort of thing, 12, 13, 14, 15, all Red River guys, all within, let me see, five, uh, yeah, five, all within five seconds of each other. Um, so, you know, Maybe that could have been uh, a bit of strategy, you know, a bit of, you know, strategic pacing. Hey, let's sit back. Let's make sure we move up together as a pack. And then once we hit the, the state meet, then we can, you know, kind of uh, race for the team as individuals, maybe, you know, or, you know, maybe they'll stick with that sort of strategy. And, uh, um, you know, packs, you know, <laughs> when you move together as a pack, you can you can really drag, uh, drag yourself and your teammates to some impressive performances. So. Um, running down the remainder of the top placers from EDC fourth place, Brady Goss, 1613, fifth place, Tyler Goss, 1631. Uh, Brady is kind of one of those that <clears throat> in my mind, it, uh, could be one of those mixing it up, uh, you know, late or yeah, late in the race. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if people would maybe consider him a contender, but certainly is you know, almost at that level where he's going to be, he's going to want to be with the top pack uh, for as long as he can to make sure he places as high as he can. Uh, I mean, for my money, you know, we got Aiden, Quinn, Owen, 
Brady. That's four from the East, you know, and four or five from, from the West too. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I would, I would almost expect, you know, regardless of how it goes out, unless one person decides to take it out crazy hard, uh, are just going to try and stick themselves in the top pack and, and give themselves the best shot to, to hang on as long as they can. So, right. And I think that's kind of my thoughts behind the, the, the large pack with a mile to go. I think it comes down to the, you know, the question, you know, what do you have to lose? Guys like Brady and Tyler Goss, seniors. Devil's Lake hasn't been dominant for a really long time. Um, They haven't had guys for a long time being ranked in the individual poll. And uh, I don't even know the last time Devil's Lake would have finished in the top five at EDC. They took fifth place as a team this year. And so, like, (laughs) I don't know if you're willing to go as far as say, like, I do it for my city. But, (laughs) (laughs) you know. Like, what do you have to lose? It's your last cross country race, and sure, you'll probably go around NXR, but yeah, you just gotta send it and I'll let a lot of these guys too. Quinn's a senior. Both Goss brothers are a senior. If we go over onto the western side of the state, Finn, Ivan, and Ethan are all seniors. Brady Corsmo is a senior. Uh, excuse me, Gravy Corsmo is a senior. Like, you know, these guys, this is their last shot. Like, you send it, go for it, and just see what you can do. And I think. At the end of the day, it could be anyone's race, depending on how it goes out and depending on who just feels it. Like, yeah, we could see any of those eight names or however many I just said, see any of those guys walking away with the state title. Right, right. Hey, Ryan, do you think, are we allowed, would we be allowed to make, like, let's say Brady uh, wins the wins the state cross-country meet. Are we allowed to make, like, a shirt that says, like, uh, gravy Corsmo, he makes it look that easy, you know, or like so. I would come up with like a slogan like that. I don't know. Have you ever yeah. heard of like a like a great when people talk about like an easy job? You know, it's like oh, that job is so gravy. You know, like right, right, yeah, yeah. Dude, I think I think we can do something. I think regardless, we should do something. All right. Well, Brady, right. If, you, if you absolutely hate that idea, please tell us. Please tell us. All right, we better. Move over to the girls' side and talk about girls' races. Do you want to start WDA again? Yeah. Yep. All right. So a lot of shocks here, I guess. I would maybe not maybe not as many as I'm alluding to, but I think this out of all the region and conference meets, I think this one had the biggest surprise. I I would agree, Ryan. You know, we've we've seen <clears throat> Uh, kind of in all classes and in all divisions, there have been, you know, one or two athletes throughout the season uh, or at certain points in the season that, that are just like that, they're that runner, you know, and uh, you know, for the women's on the women's class, a side, Jalen Ogle has been that runner, you know, she's been the one who's, you know, really been uh, unstoppable, you know, nobody's been able to find a way to, to beat her. Uh, But that was not the case at, at WDA. Um, Bela Weigel came away with the victory. She ran 1924, um, followed by Jalen Ogle in second, 1953. Um, what, uh, what's going on there? You know, I mean, Bela is, is obviously a very, very successful, very talented, very accomplished runner. So I, I suppose it's, it's not a surprise to see her up there. You know, she was one of our favorites going into the state meet last season. Uh, maybe kind of like an Aiden Johnson situation here where um, just getting into form, into shape, just figuring stuff out at, at the right time. What do you think? I think 
the one takeaway I had from this was just how decisive her victory was. I mean, she almost won by 30 seconds, which if you had told me that Jalen Ogle was going to take second, uh, you know, it could happen. But to do it by 30 seconds, that really surprised me. And we don't know, like, you and I don't have the time to dive in and figure out, like, what happened? Was she injured? Did she just have a bad race? Like, was she sick? Who who knows? Um, Can we take this with a grain of salt? I don't know. I want to say no, because just of how decisive this was. um, And Bela's not by any means a bad runner. She's been ranked number two pretty much the whole season. She's been really successful both on the track and on the grass last season. I'm not surprised that she came away. Uh, like if anybody was going to win, that it was her. That's not what surprises me. But I think in a time when it, it's championship season, like I've always said, the only two weeks that matter are the last two of the season. And she showed up when it mattered. And to me, that's huge for a Bismarck team that's going for the team title. Um, it just gives her so much confidence, but it should also give her teammates so much confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes when you're in the middle of like a really high, you know, pressure, like season like that, uh, when in a race, you know, when you, when you're broken or like when you, when you, when the person who beats you like breaks you, you know, uh, this is just how I kind of like think about it. It's, it's really hard to like bounce back or like keep it close. You know, it's like, I remember running EDC my senior year and, and I took it out really hard. I, my kind of goal was to, was to break the field behind me, distance myself so much that, that no one was even going to try and chase me. Well, I got caught around mile two. And when I got past it, it, it broke me, you know, it's like, well, there, there goes my, my plan. It didn't work. Uh, I'm just running for second now, you know, and I, I let Brandon Shield just kind of pull away from me and I, I didn't even fight to to close the gap because at that point, you know, what was the difference if I lost by 10 seconds or 30 seconds? So so I wonder if maybe there's a little bit of that going on, you know, still got second, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe Trinity Jensen, who was third from Minot, you know, only eight seconds behind um, and Marin Larson from Williston only uh, 11 seconds behind uh, Jalen. So, you know, still, still beat those athletes, you know, and, and still either held them off or pulled away from them towards the end. So um, two weeks, you know, from that meet to reset and, you know, sometimes a, a loss is, is the, the best thing to motivate you uh, going into, into the state meet. So you, you'd rather lose at the conference meet than, than at the state meet, I would think. So um uh, definitely, definitely spices things up though. Definitely spices things up. It definitely does. Uh, the only other thing I'd maybe be a little bit surprised about, um, they haven't had the most phenomenal season by any means, but I thought Williston would maybe give, uh, a little bit more of a fight. They ended up taking fourth. Uh, so that's probably the only other thing from this race. And yeah, I think we should maybe move on to the Eastern side of the state. Talk about that race. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I did leave out fifth place at the West region, uh, Katie Olson, also from Watford city, you know, also, uh, in 2003, uh, so 10 seconds behind her teammate. So, you know, mm-hmm. a pretty tight pack in between the two through the five there. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. Yeah. On the East side. Maybe, uh, maybe one more thing about the West side. Okay. Uh, real, yeah, real quick, real quick. I'll, I'll finish this. 
a lot of youth on this side. So you just mentioned Katie Olson, freshman, sixth place, Cambry Moss from Williston, eighth grader, eighth place, Izzy Dahl from Bismarck, eighth grader, 10th place, Lexi Waldner from Legacy, seventh grader. Yeah. So uh, just one other thing that really stands out to me. Yeah. All right. Now, Cam, tell us about the eastern side of the state. Man, Red River Rough Riders. Ryan, has, has the Red River girls team ever won EDC? That is a really good question. They maybe did back in the early 2000s. Um, I was texting with a, an un... I won't uh, say who, but I was texting with someone. And here's how the conversation girls goes. Have the Red River girls ever won a state title? No. They've barely ever been good, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I said, they were pretty awful as long as I can remember, with the exception of a stud athlete every few years. Uh, this person said, decent in the early 2000s, pretty miserable 20-year stretch after that. So, not naming any names, but I think that goes to show that maybe maybe won EDC back in the day, but definitely not a state title. Yeah. And and I will, like, compound on that. Like, Red River Girls, for for whatever reason, just have never really been able to put together a great season. They've had great individuals here and there, but just have never quite had the depth to pull it off. And... My goodness, they've got me excited for this upcoming weekend. Yeah, it is. It it is exciting to see, uh, especially for us. You know, a team that it is so close to home, literally, is like from our home. Uh, and you know, we were <clears throat> we were there during the years that you know they, they couldn't quite put together that that team that really was, you know, making any sort of. It, any sort of difference in the standings. So uh, an impressive win for the riders on the East, a one, two finish for Lauren Dosh, Lauren Dosh and Jocelyn Schiller. Um, and yeah, the riders, it, this is, this looks like they're, it's easily been their best team in, in a long time. And man, they look like they're having fun doing it. So um, that, that, that really is from like the East, like the biggest sort of takeaway. Um when you, whenever you have like a one, two or a one, two, three like that, um, it just, man, that, that just gives the rest of the athletes on the team, the three, four, five, uh, so much confidence. It takes so much pressure off. Cause you know, you have the one, two who are, are going to go out and be your low stick. It kind of gives you the freedom and, and takes off the pressure, uh, of the later runners to just kind of run free and, you know, you know, at that point, every person you pass, every person you beat is, is just making that much more of a difference. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And to, you know, I've said it several times now, but uh, I was just so excited for Lauren Dosh to see that result, uh, to do it as a senior EDC was in Grand Forks. So on her home course one last time yeah. and to win just pretty decisively too, like a 19 second win. God, it must've felt really good. So I was really excited for her and I really hope that she can continue to be a leader for that team going into the state meet because they do have some young girls that they've been to the state meet before, but Red River, if they're going to pull this thing off, they got to rely on the experience of Lauren and her leadership. Uh, we got to see Lauren and Jossie have a really good day and uh, try to finish as high up as they can, top five or top 10 for sure. Right. And then just have those other girls uh, race for the team, give it their best. And uh, this this could be the year, man. And I'm, I'm knocking on wood, but I'm super excited. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be exciting. You know, Bismarck is Bismarck has their number, you know, they've been going back and forth in the polls kind of all season, you know, and then 
Minot ranked third right now, Legacy ranked fourth, and then Davies ranked fifth. You know, I don't know, I don't know how many times we've. It was at least. Yeah, let me just. It's, it was a couple times, you know, uh, back uh, soon after I graduated high school that Central uh, won the EEC title and then was beaten by Davies, you know, at the state meet. So uh, it's all just about putting it together on the day. How many, Ryan, how many times did Coach Larson, you know, when we were in college, tell us, you know, before the conference meet, you know, the polls don't matter. Throw them out the window. We got to, you know, it's kind of cliche, but, you know, it, it really is true. Yeah, and I think he'd also say like, you know, chips fall how the chips fall. And, uh, you know, it's true. Like, it's going to really depend on who's ready to go that day from a physical standpoint, from a mental standpoint, uh, who's locked in and who's ready to ride this thing to a state title. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I do want to touch on one, you know, maybe a little history lesson here before we wrap things up. But is there any other big takeaways you want to discuss? Uh, no, I was just going to run down the, uh, the remaining top five from the girls EDC. Jordan Knutsvig of West Fargo was third. Uh, Greta Govin of Valley City was fourth. Lily Elbert, the freshman from Shanley, uh, was fifth. And we'll even throw in Brooklyn Herrick uh, from New Horace High School, uh, also a freshman, uh, was sixth. So there's some youth, some youth from the East coming over to, to mix it up. And uh, yeah, it'll be entertaining as always most definitely all right so we want to wish all of our runners good luck but i do like i said want to end the episode with a little history lesson because these runners probably don't remember the class a girls state meet of 2017 and in that state meet it was so close third place bismarck century 89 points Second place, Grand Fork Central, 88 points. And Fargo Davies, 88 points. So we had teams tie at the state meet. Yes. Now, you had siblings on the team, and that was a big deal. Just kind of walk us through the history uh, of that meet and how that was all decided, all said and done. Oh, man. I Man, well, I don't know what you want me to say, Ryan. It, that, I've tried to suppress that memory. It was heartbreaking. <laughs> but, I mean, to have to – have, you know, two teams, you know, score the exact same. And then the third team, only one point behind. Oh man. Uh, decided by a tiebreaker, you know, pretty, I wish, I wish like the, the uh, emotion or like, uh, you know, when, when other games go into overtime and stuff, you know, it's sudden death, you know, I wish there was a way to kind of capture that in cross country, like know in the moment, like, you know, Oh my gosh, they're tied. They, they're tied. We got to watch the sixth runner. This, this is like the sudden death, you know, overtime, like tiebreaker. So, um, I, yeah, I, maybe, maybe not the answer <clears throat> you were looking for. Uh, but I will say this about, uh, that, uh, we saw something similar at, uh, the Wisconsin at the nutty comb invite this last weekend, uh, NC state and NAU women. Is that right, Ryan? Did you see that? I didn't see it, but I would imagine that's probably right. Anyway, they they tied, but tiebreaker rules in college are are different. Uh, it goes by like a head to head between your each one of your runners. So, uh, say the first place runner on your team got first place, and the first place runner on my team got second place. So that we won the head to head there. 
and then you go to your number two runners head to head and your number three runners head to head and whoever has three uh yeah three out of the five uh head to head victories uh wins the tiebreaker so uh anyway high school goes to the sixth person i think is better but uh if you were to score that 2017 meet with college tiebreaker rules i believe central would have won so mm. uh, and just to correct you there was nc state new mexico new mexico yeah yeah, yeah. but no that's uh that was a crazy meet so they they broke the tie with the sixth runner uh at, yeah, at, at the state meet. state meet yep yep uh, yeah. as far as i remember so um and if if you're out at racing on friday or saturday and and you think you oh man passing that one person is not going to make a difference you know it it does you know it really can make a difference even if you're the six or the seven or the eighth or even the tenth runner you know uh every place counts so Mm -hmm. most definitely yeah we're gonna have to get some of our legends episodes again as i'm just going through these results from prior years there's so many good stories that are packed within this yeah so yeah once cross country season's over we'll get back on our our interview grind um Thank you so much for listening. We, as always, really enjoy getting to talk about this. We hope that it wasn't too much stress or too much added pressure for any of you that did make it this far. Uh, but best of luck. Go have some fun. If you are at the Class A meet on Saturday, find Cam, chat with him. He would love to just uh, talk cross-country and 2017 state meet. Maybe don't bring that one up. But uh, all in all, we're really excited, and we hope that You guys have a great day. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.